Wildcat fans. It is time for the Weber State Weekly Game Day Show. I am your host, Dustin Chapman, and uh, we are here on a game day to help you wind down the time and get ready for an upcoming game tonight against Dixie State. Uh, going to be a great show today. Uh, why don't we hop right in and talk about exactly what we have going on today. We do have Weber State versus Dixie State tonight at 8 p.m. That game is taking place uh, in St. George and will be broadcast for any of you that are not there. Uh, it'll be broadcast on ESPN+. Plus. Of course, we have a pretty full group of folks uh, down at the game today. A lot of Wildcat alums and fans going down. Should be a great crowd. A good representation of the Purple folks down there. Keys to the game. Let's, let's jump right in and talk about it. Uh, for me, coming off of the Utah game, uh, there's a couple things that I would like to see in this game. Uh, one is, is running the ball a little bit more effectively. Uh, Weber State was held to under 60 yards against Utah, and it seemed like at times they got caught in places where uh, they just couldn't run effectively. Now, obviously, that could be due to Utah, you know, having just bigger bodies, being a, a, a P5 team and all that. Uh, but, you know, Weber State has always been able to effectively run the ball. That has been the, the trait under Jay Hill that Weber State has has had most, our, our strongest point on offense, the, the thing that we've always been able to rely on. Uh, so I expect to see a bigger night there uh, running the ball and rushing it and, and being more effective at the run game. Uh, secondly, my big key to the game is going to be the defensive secondary. Uh, Utah definitely was able to find open spots in the defense on the field in the past game last week. Uh, very untypical for Weber State. Would love to see some improvements there. Now, of course, all of this you have to take with a grain of salt. Uh, Weber State was playing a game uh, with a team playing up, so to speak, uh, against P5 team. So um, you can never take what the results of those games and the uh, st stats of those games as being too serious. But uh, those were, were kind of the takeaways that I had, a couple of them, and those are the things that I'd like to see work on. Uh, of course, I'd also like to see uh, just the continued evolution of the offense uh, with Bronson Barron and Matt Hammer's offense just to see how that goes, whether it's you know the effectiveness of it, especially in the red zone. If I were to have a third key to the game here, I would say that uh, Weber State needs to work on red zone scoring. That is something coming off of the spring that was, it was pretty readily apparent. So looking for that tonight and just want to see how the red zone play goes, what the play calling is like and, and, and then just what their success is as far as scoring in the red zone and scoring touchdowns specifically. So those are my takeaways from the game tonight. Should be a good one. Uh, Dixie is a team that's coming up. Uh, this is their first full season of division one football coming off of being a division two school. They did play a couple of games in the spring. Um, it should be interesting. St. George is a town that uh, definitely doesn't lack for ambition. Uh, always has been, or has been for, for quite a few years now. Uh, they've got big plans for Dixie state down there, which is nothing but good for us here in state. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Now we did have a preview uh, of the game. We did do an interview with Jake Hatch, who uh, is runs a podcast on Dixie State Athletics called Rebelcast. He is also a producer for a sports radio show here along the Wasatch Front on 1280 and 97.5 The Zone. Uh, let's go to our interview with him and let him talk to us a little bit about what we can expect to see with Dixie State. 
All right, Wildcat fans, uh, we have a great guest with us today here on the Wildcat Weber State Game Day show. Uh, we have with us today Jake Hatch, host of Rebelcast, which is a podcast dedicated to covering Dixie, Dixie State Trailblazers. Uh, he's also the producer of DJ and PK in the Morning here locally in Northern Utah on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Hatch, welcome on in. Thanks for having me, Chappie. How are you? Man, I'm doing great. It is a game day. It's a Saturday. We've got a big in-state game, not that one, the other one, uh, going on tonight between Weber State and Dixie State. Uh, going to be a great night. Yeah, well, I so I was talking with Steve Johnson, the SID down there at uh, Dixie, and he mentioned the fact we're calling ourselves the undercard game this week. Uh, obviously, BYU and Utah take most of the headlines, but it is fun to have another in-state game going on. I'm all about these in-state games. The more of them that can happen, the merrier. I mean, it, uh, Weber playing SUU, Weber playing Dixie, Dixie playing SUU and Weber. Uh, it does nothing but to me good for football in the state of Utah. No, no doubt about that. The fact that we now have six division one programs in the state, three of them at the FBS level, three of them in this case at the FCS level, they might as well play each other as much as they possibly can, because I think the fan bases here, they have familiarity with one another. So any chance you have to put them together, go ahead and do it. Well, just having that many teams in a state, nobody in the West, like you have to go. I don't even know if any state in the country has that many <laughs> division one. Hard football pressed. Teams. Well, okay. Well, we all know that Texas has got it, but Texas is what four or five times the size of the state of Utah and have much more of a population base. Uh, for example, Arizona, you got Arizona, Arizona state, and then Northern Arizona and their population is bigger than the state of Utah. And they've got three division one programs. So weird, weird times, man. We love our football here in the state of Utah. <laughs> Well, Jake, so Dixie State, this is uh, this is their first full season uh, moving up to the Division One level of sports. Uh, how they, they played a few games in the spring, but how's that transition gone for for Dixie State athletics and football in particular? I think it's uh, been it's been okay. It's been a bit bumpy for them. I I do think that they may have overestimated their ability to jump from the division two level straight into FCS and compete right away. Their spring season went okay. They competed against Tarleton state, who's obviously now a member of the WAC that they were also going to be a member of that conference. They're not uh, playing a full WAC schedule this year because of other contractual obligations, but I do think they have big ambitions. They obviously do considering they decided to invest and make that jump to the FCS level. So the ambitions are there. Uh, they think that they can get to a very competitive level relatively quickly, but it's probably still a year or two away to really see them be a consistent, I think, FCS type program. Yeah. This is something often discussed at the F at the FCS level with the upper echelon, you know, Hey, could, could these teams compete at the FBS level? And it's, it's, it's not the same week to week, right? You, you may be able to play one, one game here and there, but doing that week to week grind, it's not the same from P5 to G5, from G5 to FCS. And, and similarly division two to division one up to FCS. It's it, they're, they're all different levels of football. Well, and that's the thing about it is there's just, there's a depth element to all of this. We all know that power five programs at the top of the FBS have the most overall depth. You drop to the G five, the depth goes down from there. So it's tough for a G five. They were to compete week in week out at a power five level. They're going to struggle with the overall depth and it just, it's a chain reaction all the way down. So Dixie, 
at some point will have, I think, uh, the ability to compete on a game in and game out basis at the FCS level. But it's going to take maybe a full recruiting cycle, three to four years overall, before they ultimately build up to that. Hmm, excellent. Well, that'll be definitely something to look forward to. Um, last week, Dixie State, the Trailblazers played Sacramento State a familiar big sky photo. We were state fans. Yep. Uh, the trailblazers looked like they played pretty disciplined ball. There wasn't a lot of penalties. Uh, looked like they really kind of relied on, on the big play, uh, but just seemed overmatched against who was a, you know, a, an, an FCS uh, seated team in 2019. Um, what were the main takeaways from that game for Dixie state? I think the biggest thing is finding consistency on offense. That was obviously evident by the fact that they only scored seven points in that game. Uh, I feel like Dixie is a better offensive team than they showed in that contest, but I will give credit to Troy Taylor and Sacramento state. I did wonder how much rust they would show considering they didn't play in 2020. You mentioned the fact that they were a seeded team in 2019, a very, very good FCS program. I did wonder how much rust they would have after over a full year off of not playing football, but they kind of came in and just, uh, I felt like controlled most of the action in this game. Uh, As you mentioned, Dixie played very, uh, a measured game, kind of a controlled look. Like you mentioned, not a lot of big mistakes, but they just seemingly could not string together consistency, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They held Sacramento State with a guy like Troy Taylor, who's got a very innovative offensive mind, to 19 points. So that's actually a pretty good defensive effort. It's just the offense it seemed to fail them in that contest. Yeah, Troy Taylor definitely has it going there at Sac State. Uh, of course, people remember him from from University of Utah being the offensive yep. coordinator there. Uh, he is a Sacramento guy. That's why he went back home. I. Sac State could be a power uh, potentially in FCS here going forward. So that's interesting to watch. So this weekend, you know, I know some looking over the roster, some names that I know, Cody Wilstead, former BYU commit. Um, who are some of the names and some of the difference makers that Wildcat fans should keep their eyes on uh, on this Saturday night? Yeah, it probably starts at quarterback there with Cody Willstead. He's a local kid. He played at Pineview High School down there in St. George. Enrolled at BYU after a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Spent a year in Provo, then decided, you know what, there's a glut of quarterbacks here. I'm going to go find somewhere else to play. Went to the junior college route, and then Dixie State, Paul Peterson got hired there uh, and actually uh, recruited Cody and said, hey, come come play at home. And so Cody's been there. He's going to be starting quarterback. Uh, I like his game. Uh, he's a little inconsistent with his accuracy, which seems to be his biggest issue. In my opinion, he's a big body, six, seven. He's everything you want in a quarterback. He's the prototypical size. Let's just put it that way. Uh, The other guy on offense that I would keep an eye on, actually there's two guys. The only all a whack preseason honoree on Dixie state's roster is their freshman running back quality Conley, a kid from California who actually had a really breakout uh, spring season for Dixie state. Didn't necessarily have a great game against Sacramento state. It kind of goes back to the offensive issues. They suffered in that game, but he's a, he's a talent. He's got, he's a kid's got a little breakaway speed. He's a very uh, t- hard nose uh, back really likes getting up in the trenches and, is a fun guy to watch. And then on the outside, Dixie State has a six foot eight wide receiver, Chappie. His name is Devin Osborne. Uh, he's a senior. He's been at Dixie for some time now. Not necessarily the most fleet of foot, but you cannot teach six eight. So those are probably the offensive guys to keep an eye on. Wow, a six seven quarterback and a six eight wide receiver. Yep. So that's that's a game of jump right there. Just catch that baby. 
Yeah, Osborne, uh, he's he's got all the ability to get up and get after. He's actually a really, really fun young man to talk to, but you're, you're, he's going to stand out to you guys. You, you just don't see six foot eight wide receivers. And funny enough, he showed up to Dixie State. I think when I talked to him, he said he was something like six three or six four when he originally enrolled. So he's grown four inches in St. George. Wow. Felt the heat, man. The sun does that to us. Something. Like plant. Something. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're looking forward to the game. It's going to be a good one. Um, last thing on Dixie state, looking over that schedule, that is a murderer's row. Uh, I don't think any team in FCS, let alone a team in their first season, <laughs> uh, first full season playing at the FCS level should, should, should have a schedule like that. I see Sam Houston, South Dakota state, Montana, Delaware, Weber, Davis, Missouri state, Sac state. Wow. How did, how did that come about? And, and how is Dixie approaching that this year? Well, I Dixie set out, uh, they were going to be an FCS independent when they first moved to the FCS ranks, they were going to be a member of the WAC. Uh, they were going to play all their, I guess you'd say Olympic sports, basketball, all the like it was going to be in the WAC. The WAC had no plan when they originally made the jump to get into the football business. Well, things changed and Dixie will be a full-fledged member of the Western athletic conference as an FCS school, uh, FCS conference, excuse me. And they, this year will only play a partial wax schedule due to the contractual obligations. They had put the schedule together as an independent. Uh, I do have my questions on who signed off on scheduling all of these teams. Cause as you mentioned, I think there's six to seven ranked teams and, uh, at least three or four of them, I think, could be seeded teams come FCS playoff time this fall. Uh, they've bit off a lot more than they can chew, in my opinion. But they are saying, hey, we want to get to this level, so we might as well face what we're going to have to uh, essentially face what you want to become. They're going to probably take a bunch of L's this year. I would say that Weber is very much the heavy favorite going into this contest this weekend, but Dixie has true aspirations of getting to the level of a Weber of a South Dakota state of a Sam Houston state, the defending FCS champions. It's going to take some time, but wow. I, I, this schedule is about as good as you'll find. My, that's, that's amazing. I, I will say this, um, Jay Hill often cites, uh, the very first game that he coached against North Dakota state, as being a a benchmark for him being something where he was able to come out, see what the best was and, 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 and know what you, what it is to become that. And I mean, Dixie's taken that and they're timesing it by like four or five. So (laughs) good luck. There's no doubt about that. that. Um, By the way, I forgot to mention a player earlier on, if you don't mind for just a second chapter on the defensive side of the ball, uh, interesting name. Malaki Malaki. He's their star linebacker. Uh, he actually wears the number three and he's actually a very good football player. I forgot to mention him earlier on. Uh, I like to joke that he's so good. They named him twice, but Malaki Malaki number three is a defensive player to watch in this game as well. well. We will be watching. Awesome. Well, Jake Hatch, thank you so much. Uh, game is Saturday night tonight at eight o'clock on ESPN plus. We all get to look forward to that. Anybody heading down to the game, Make sure you take in all the goodness that is St. George and, and the warmth. So, yeah, stay hydrated out there, folks. Absolutely. Jay Catch, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure, guys. All right. We'd like to thank Jay Catch for joining us. Uh, always a good time to catch up with him. Uh, he is, uh, he, he, that man is a hardworking man. <laughs> he may be the hardest working man in sports radio in Utah. I like to thank him for his time and, and giving us a, a preview on what to expect from the Dixie state side of things.
So, folks, we have a full slate of games today uh, in conference and along the FCS for, for, for big games going on. Let's, let's talk about what those games are and just go through the slate really quickly. Uh, starting off the day, we have Northern Arizona. They are playing at South Dakota. That game starts at noon. It will be on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Central Washington is playing at Eastern Washington. Should be a pretty easy win for, for the Eagles. That game starts at 2 p.m. It's on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Davis is playing at San Diego. That game starts at 2 p.m. Portland State is at Washington State. That game will be at 4 p.m. on Pac-12 Network. Uh, Northern Colorado is playing at Houston Baptist. That game will be on ESPN Plus at 5 p.m. Idaho is playing at Indiana. That game starts at 5.30 p.m. And that is going to be on the Big Ten Network. Western Illinois is at Montana. That game is at 6 p.m. and is also on ESPN Plus. Going to be a great atmosphere up in up in Missoula. Uh, folks are going to be excited to fully have football back off of off of the spring season where they played just a couple of games. Uh, Drake is at Montana State. That game also starts at 6 p.m. on ESPN Plus. Uh, what may be the biggest gaming conference of the night? Uh, Northern Iowa is at Sac State. That is a 7 p.m. game and is going to be on ESPN Plus. If you can check that out. Highly recommend that leading up to the Weber State game. Cal Poly is at Fresno State. Uh, we'll see how Bo Baldwin's continued progression goes uh, at Cal Poly as they as they play Fresno State, who nearly upset Washington last week. That game will be at 8 p.m. Um, and is only broadcast locally. Then our final game of the night at 8.30, uh, that will be Idaho State at Nevada. That game is going to be on stadium. Now, I mentioned a few networks here. I mentioned Stadium, uh, ESPN Plus. I'll just give a quick shout out to ESPN Plus. I I know there's there's always mixed feelings whenever the conference changes TV packages when we change from Pluto to, to, to ESPN Plus in this case. And before Pluto, you know, we just changed the local distribution to Pluto. Um, I like what's on ESPN Plus. There's definitely been a noticeable uptick in quality. Uh, as far as broadcast goes. And that was always kind of the promise of ESPN plus is that you had to, to meet the standards that ESPN had in, on broadcasting. And, you know, there's always some hiccups, but, you know, specifically I remember watching and tuning into the Idaho state game last week. And if any of you remember the Idaho state game where we played in Pocatello in the spring, um, it was not great. The broadcast, it felt like they had, you know, a single uh, GoPro in the, in the rafters or something like that. And the announcer was, was just, it was not, not a good experience. Uh, the game last week that Idaho state played in, in Pocatello, it was not that, you know, it was certainly, they had some hiccups, but uh, it was certainly a much better experience. The cameras were, were better. The angles were better. The announcing was better. So uh, very much looking forward to that, to continue improving uh, along the conference. Now, to be clear here, the, the quality that we're talking about, uh, it just comes with, with the upgrade. In fact, we've been told uh, that uh, a lot of, you know, there was investment from the money that ESPN was providing on this. They, they have minimum standards, but that the goal here was to get a lot of the conference to have race standards as far as broadcasting goes so that the game could be enjoyed. Uh, you know, a lot of the fans of Montana, Montana state and, 
you know, maybe Idaho, those fans where a lot of their games are on regionally already on SWX, uh, a lot of those fans aren't probably going to see as much of an uptick in, in quality and broadcast because they're already being broadcast on, you know, regional sports networks. Um, but a lot of the schools that aren't necessarily doing that where the games are either broadcast locally or they're solely on, you know, the streaming platform of the conference, that's where you're going to see a lot of improvement here. So excited to watch that as the season progresses. Uh, even heard that Weber state has, has been up in the quality as well. So it should be good there. A couple of other games to note, just as we, we wrap the show here um, next week's opponent, James Madison, they are playing at 4 PM today, this afternoon, they are pl- playing at home against Maine. So it seems to be what the, uh, <laughs> the battle of uh, teams that beat Weber state in the playoffs. Uh, that game is going to again be uh, at 4 PM uh, at James Madison. And that game will be on flow sports uh, Valparaiso. They are playing at North Dakota. That game will be at three, three PM and will be on ESPN plus. And South Dakota state is home against Lindenwood today. I'm not even sure who Lindenwood is. Might need to research that one. That game is at 7 PM and it is listed as an ESPN three game. Not sure at this point what the difference is between ESPN Plus and ESPN3, but that's what it's listed as. Very clearly, not ESPN Plus, but actually ESPN3. So interesting to watch that. Anyway, folks, it's game day. Uh, we should be very excited about Weber State this year. Uh, there should be a lot of fun uh, night watching this game with, with those you, you want to be with, uh, especially head of the big game against James Madison next week. Uh, let me know how you guys enjoy the game. Any thoughts that you have, but we appreciate you listening and uh, go Wildcats. Oh!